Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 67 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas, home of the soon-to-be world champion Texas Rangers. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Breezy, a cloud-based printing solution that makes it easy to print anything from any mobile device to any printer. Find out more at Breezy.com. Clio Online Practice Management for Attorneys at GoClio.com. Carbonite Business, online backup for your law office. Carbonite Business backs up your files automatically and continually, so you're always protected. Try it out free at Carbonite.com and get two free months with offer code REPORT. And Firm Manager from LexisNexis, a leading provider of information and business solutions. Try it out free at MyFirmManager.com slash LTN. In our last podcast, Tom, we talked about new Kindle devices from Amazon. This week, we're excited to have a special guest host to talk about the iPad, how iPads fit into the work process, and how iPads are actually changing our approach to legal technology. Tom, it was also great to catch up with you in person at the ABA Law Practice Management Section Fall Meeting last week. What's our agenda for this episode? In this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report, we'll be talking the iPad and how lawyers can use it to improve the way they provide services to their clients, along with our guest, David Sparks. In our second segment, David will stay with us to talk about specific iPad apps that we use and like. And as usual, we'll end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use the second that this podcast is over. But on to our first segment and our guest host, David Sparks. Dennis, you and I both noticed that David's uh, new book, The iPad at Work, came out this past month, or actually this month, the beginning of October, and we thought it would be a good opportunity to catch up with uh, the iPad and how it's being used in the workplace, and specifically in the lawyer's workplace. Want to introduce our guest and get us started? Yeah, David Sparks is a, is a practicing lawyer in Orange County. He uh, has a great podcast called uh, Mac Power Users, uh, a great blog called Mac Sparky, and he's written two books, Mac at Work and the new iPad at Work. Um, and I had the, the chance to talk with him at uh, ABA Tech Show last spring before he was mobbed by all his uh, Mac-using <laughs> lawyer friends at, at Tech Show. Uh, so we're really excited to have uh, David on the podcast to talk uh, about his book, uh, which is great. I just finished it. Uh, totally recommend it, especially in the i the iBook version, which I read on on my iPad. Um, and uh, and so we thought it would be great to have David and Tom, who has also written a book about the iPad, you know, just talk, uh, get us up to date on the iPad and how it's being used in the, in the workplace. Uh, David, I, one of the biggest selling points for me about your book is that you actually took three months and just went totally on onto the iPad and used it for everything in preparation for your for your book. Um, you want to? Would you tell us a little bit about how that worked for you? Uh, you know, it worked surprisingly better than you think it would. Uh, the uh, so when I was negotiating and, and planning on writing this book, I thought, you know, I need to. Uh, what did Cortez do? He burned his ships, right, when he got to the shore. <laughs> so I, I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, 
I need to test this thing. So left the Mac at home for three months and worked almost exclusively on it. Um, at, at my office, we do have a PC network, and there are certain apps that we use on the, the PC for some of our law practice management, and I didn't abandon those, but I had never abandoned those when I used my Mac before either. Uh, so, but generally, I got along just fine uh, with the iPad. I, I, David, are you still are you still primarily using the iPad, or was that an experiment? And now you've sort of uh, moderated back and forth uh, between the iPad, your 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 Mac, and and the PC apps you're using. You know, it's interesting. I'm a, in addition to uh, being a nerd, I also am a woodworker, and I took a class from this guy named Sam Maloof. Sam just recently passed away, but he's world famous. He makes these beautiful rocking chairs. And uh, I was looking at all the tools in Sam's shop, and uh, and he had some really basic Sears-type tools, and he had some multi-thousand-dollar bandsaws. And I said, you know, it's interesting, all these tools you have. He said, look, I use whatever works. If I need to use my teeth, I use my teeth. And uh, that's the way I feel about technology. I mean, you, you use what works. So as a long answer to a short question, I, I use them both now. I mean, there's certain things the iPad just does better, and there's certain things that the traditional computer just does better. Well, you know, when I when I wrote the book, and uh, my book is considerably different from from David's book. David's book is um, is designed to be more of a comprehensive guide on using the iPad in the work environment. Uh, mine is really designed for the the new iPad user who may be less tech friendly and and needs some help on how to get set up on it. And that's why it's called iPad in One Hour. But I tell you, I didn't really have to do that. I didn't have to to, to go to the same lengths that you did in uh, in in doing research for my book and I, I used it quite a bit, but mostly to just kind of guide me in how to write the book. And so I think that it's uh, a, a testament to, 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 to your devotion to the tool and to the writing to that you did use it for those longs. I guess my question, my last question on that's going to be, what did you find was the most during those three months was the most uh, challenging part of using an iPad for, for most of your legal work? Uh, tracking changes. You know, I can, uh, I can yes. <laughs> do writing. I can. There's a lot I can do with it with words. But uh, when I'm working on contract or transactional deals, uh, ultimately I had to fire up a PC to get uh, change tracking going. You know, I I really like that that approach, and uh, because I I thought a lot about, and I think a lot of lawyers mess up on this because they don't really think how they're going to use it, or uh, you at least were able to try it through all the the different things that you did, and and I like what you said about using the you know the tool that that works and. On your on your podcast and in your book, you use this this term workflow, which I think is really great, and, and I think a lot of lawyers don't pay enough attention to that. So when when I looked at the iPad, I really thought through, you know, where would I use it, how would I use it, for what things, and I saw it really made a lot of sense for me in in travel. And so when I traveled, I the iPad's great, but it, it doesn't really fit into some other other places that that I you know. And I didn't expect it to in some ways, but I, I, I understood that going in. And so I, I think a lot of lawyers focus on, you know, talking about features and processor speeds and all these different things, but I don't think they focus on how it fits into, into how they're going to use it. So David, you really use this term workflow. And I think one of the great things about your book is you actually, you talk about how you use the iPad in your actual workday and what programs you use. But can you talk a little about, bit about workflow and, and how that helps you? And, and I think other lawyers uh, decide how to use technology better. 
Yeah, you know, and it's funny. Sometimes I think I I have killed the word workflow with by overuse, uh, but <laughs> I can't think of a word that fits it better. And I'm really not trying to be all um, guruish about it. But the uh, the problem is, you know, as lawyers or whatever you do for a living, is you run into these daily um, speed bumps that are generally technology related, or or I would say more generally information related. And, you know, how do we speed the flow of those, remove those speed bumps so you can breeze through and get your work done sooner and get home, you know? And so I take kind of an analytical approach to things like that. As an example is my workflows relating to PDFs, which I think resonates with a lot of lawyers. Um, You know, we're getting in an age where we don't have as many printed documents, but we have lots and lots of PDFs. And I use Adobe and some of the other PDF software to generate these really large, what I call evidence files on my cases, where I've got bookmarked series of anything from discovery responses to contracts to, to email correspondence, all this stuff just put together as one big PDF file. And then I sync that with various technologies like Dropbox between Macs and PCs and, and on the iPad. And Using the iPad as an example, you can you can sync that data with the uh, Goodreader, one of the apps I covered in the book, straight to your iPad. So that's a lot of you know jibber jash, right? But but at the end of the day, I can open my Mac, my PC, or my iPad and have all of my documents available to me with a couple taps, and that's what I consider a workflow. So how does that help you? I'm in a mediation a couple weeks ago, and. We were mediating a case with a very large contract, very detailed. And the other lawyer is one of these cowboy types, you know, uh, one of these guys who just does everything thinking that the louder he speaks, the more he's right. And halfway through the mediation, we're in a room with everybody, and he says, well, there is no attorney fee clause. So I was explaining that, look, if you don't settle with us, I'm going to go forward and it's going to cost you a lot more because of the attorney fee clause. He says, there is no attorney fee clause. If, you know, I'll eat my shoe if you can show me an attorney fee clause. Well, guess what? You know, I've got Goodreader on my iPad. I open it up. I hit a couple bookmark buttons in the app, and I put the highlighted attorney fee clause on the big screen in about 30 seconds. And then I told him, would he like ketchup with his shoe? <laughs> and, um, you know, that's a workflow that, that helps. So I guess, does that answer your question? Am I just, am I just, yammering on here no i i think it's great and and i i, I love the way that you step back and, and try to fit it into to what what you're doing and, and how you're likely to use things i just don't think a, a, enough lawyers do that and i i think that's sort of why things like document assembly and some of those things have have not taken taken off because people don't really break down what the tasks that they do and how their technology fits into it. Tom, do you have the same sense with the way that you use your iPad? Well, I do, but I guess I, 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 I'm not going to, I won't say this is a, a quibble, but I would say that for me, when I hear the word workflow in terms of the iPad, um, one of the ways that I think about it is that because it's not a traditional desktop computer because it's not a traditional Mac or a PC um, and it doesn't do things the same way, but it can ultimately get to those points. When I think of workflow, I think of uh, the, the tools that I have to use to get to the same result that I would get to if I was using a, a laptop or some other thing and, and, and using multiple tools, using Goodreader to store the files, but then maybe using something like PDF Expert or I annotate PDF to annotate those files, although I could do them in, in, PD, in Goodreader 
reader as well. And so I sort of view the, the workflow idea as, as how to get things done on the iPad that you maybe, maybe would, would be within all one application or a couple of applications that kind of tie themselves together on your computer. And, and I, I hear people who complain, why can't I do this on my iPad? Why can't I do that? And you can. I think that most everything that you can do on your computer, you can do on an iPad, except I think, David, for track changes. I think that's a big, a big issue. But, um, but I think that, uh, that, that it's just a matter of learning the proper workflow and how to get through uh, the different apps on your device that will get you to that same result on a tablet. Does that make yeah. sense? I agree. And I think it's kind of holistic, too. I mean, you've got to look at it like, where does the iPad fit in this? I mean, how much of it is it makes more sense doing somewhere else? And, exactly right. and there's a way to make it all fit together. But, you know, on the, the subject of track changes, I mean, don't you think somebody's going to get really rich when they crack that nut? I mean, it's got to happen sooner or later. You know, I, I know that I know that documents to go, you can you're supposed and I've not been I've not had to do this, so I, I don't use it. But documents to go can at least show track changes, but it can't actually track them themselves. Is that yeah. right? Is have you yeah. which, which used it that way? To me. I, I don't yeah, know I what agree. good that is. It's just good. It's just good for review, reviewing it and not much else. Let me uh, let me switch the topic a little bit and say that the two kind of objections I hear to, to the iPad, and I think they're similar, and we've touched on one is that I think people are looking for to fully replace, uh, you know, a laptop computer or a desktop computer. And, and I think there's this over-focus on, you know, the, the lack of, of a keyboard. So that's one thing. But the other thing I heard last week, a couple of people talking about apps, and they were complaining that that apps just don't have all the same features in in the software that the the you know the 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 full featured desktop or laptop program w would have. And I, I sort of thought, well, wait, but that's the attraction to me of apps. You can they do these little tasks and and they do them quickly and and they they move you forward. I mean, David, you had this. I, there's a great chapter in your book about writing where you talk about the, the sort of word processing programs versus you use a text editor. But I think that's sort of the sense of. You know, maybe you, people are overanalyzing, you know, what the iPad can't do and not focusing enough on what you can do with it. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, we're in the opening, you know, round of a big revolution. And I think that, you know, in five or ten years that these tablet computers are going to become probably more popular than the traditional computers that we're all used to. And uh, as a result, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. I don't think the the tablet technology is as far progressed, and the software certainly isn't as far developed as it is on the the PCs and the Macs. But you know, it's just a question of of realizing that. Um, I don't think Apple intends to sell these as a replacement for your computer, although for some people they are. It really depends on what you do with it. Um, I get emails from people saying, "Well, should I buy a Mac or should I buy?" A tablet like an iPad, and I say, well, it depends what you do. I mean, if you're going to check email and go on Facebook and surf the web, you're probably okay with an iPad. It just depends. I think for most lawyers, though, you still need a computer. 
I think I think so too, and I think that that uh, when we talk about the fact that the apps that are here that are not uh, as full featured, you know, Documents to Go is a is a great app for being able to review and to make light edits to documents, but it is no better than WordPad on a PC when you want to actually create a document. and And the way that I talk to people uh, is that. You, you, you need to sort of get out of the habit of thinking of uh, tools like Microsoft Word, I'll speak in the PC world, um, as, as, a, as a writing tool. A writing tool can be the text editor that, that David uses. It can be something just to get your words and your thoughts and your briefs or your memoranda or whatever it is that you're going to do, get them out on the page. And the way that I now think of Word primarily is as a formatting tool. It's a tool that's designed to, uh, to, to, to make things pretty and to make things look right in the legal world so that my pleading looks right. And uh, we, I don't think we can, we're, we're certainly not to a place where we can toss that away. And, and I think it's absolutely necessary. But uh, I, I, I totally agree with David's comment that you, 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 it depends on what you're going to use it for. And if you're comfortable just writing and just, just, just getting the words out there, then an iPad makes an excellent tool for that. Yeah, my book is 110,000 words. I suspect I wrote about 60,000 of them on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's possible. Let me, uh, let's, I, I, I got a couple questions for, for, for both of you and maybe we'll, we'll go out on, on this, but, um, what's been the response to your books? I mean, I, I really like both of, both of your books. So I'm, I'm a big fan, but I, I'm curious what the response is and, and whether you've kind of caught the wave on, on the, you know, this beginning of a tablet or iPad revolution. And then I also wanted to get your, you know, two or three predictions about where iPads are, are going to take us in the legal profession. Are they really going to be the, the, you know, the electronic legal pad? Dave, you go, you go first. Okay. The um, yeah, the response to my book has been outstanding, and it's very rewarding and humbling to hear from people all over the world who are, you know, getting more work done or getting home earlier or, you know, being more productive generally using the book and the things I talked about. You know, when you write these things, you feel like you're, you know, as an author, you're closeted alone, and you're not really talking to anybody, and you're, you're writing all this nonsense, and in the back of your mind, you wonder if anybody is actually going to read it or not. And it's very rewarding to find out that not only people are reading it there, it's helping improve their lives. So I, I can't say enough about it. Um, I've always said that, you know, as a lawyer, I touch people's lives in a very big way. And, and your listeners can appreciate that because I, mm-hmm. you know, mainly lawyers listening to this. Um, in this tech stuff, I touch a lot of people in little ways. And, th- and that's very rewarding too. I enjoy both of those things. Um, in terms of where this is all heading, um, like I said earlier, I think that these things are going to supplant PCs. I mean, I think Steve Jobs had one time made the reference that when we first got vehicles, everybody had a truck. You know, and then eventually people moved into cities and, and trucks became a utility vehicle that not everybody has. And now not many people have trucks. I think we could kind of see down the road that this is the same analogy here that the tablets, as they get more powerful and the software gets better and the integration gets better, are going to supplant these big things on our desks, and a lot of people are going to get by just fine, including lawyers using these things. I mean, we're really not that far now, and we're really at the infant stage of this. I mean, I just can't wait to see what the future brings as this technology improves. 
You know, you know, when I decided to write the book, um, we at the ABA in the law practice management section, they've had a series of books called uh, the, the One Hour for Lawyers book, and and they've never done it on a piece of hardware before. It's always been on software like WordPerfect or WorldDocs or things like that for lawyers. And um, so w- what I wanted to do, it was really sort of in line with with how I've approached uh, the way that I've worked with lawyers on technology ever since I was a lawyer doing the legal technology stuff back in my firm 10 years ago. And that was to make technology seem simple and easy to use for those who may, might be hesitant or afraid of using technology. And that's really what the one hour book was about was here's a way to, you know, I, I, I've, I've done presentations where I've shown pictures of, of 90 year olds and two year olds using an iPad and both equally being able to get on it and use it because it really is accessible and usable for the average person, and uh, and and that's what I wanted. That's what I my goal was with the book. And and like David, the response has been really good. There have been a lot of people who've kind of been making the plunge to go to a tablet computer, and uh, and this book has helped them get on their feet to do it. And then obviously now I need to point them in the direction of David's book. Uh, so once they've set it up, they are able to then uh, go a little bit further. I agree with David. I think we're seeing things only in their infancy. I know I saw. A couple of months ago that uh, Adobe is getting ready to launch at some point in time a full featured version of Photoshop on the iPad. And so I think it's only a matter of time before we start seeing more full featured things and you can start to do the kinds of things that you were doing on your PC on a tablet. So uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to, to seeing where all this goes. Yeah, I, 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 both of your books are great. And my experience of reading David's book on on the iPad is was really a game changer for me because I I just really started to appreciate you know how that format can be so useful. Um, I mean I, I like a Kindle just for pure reading, but the f- fact that I can can follow links and do all sorts of things it, it just makes the the book reading experience great in the first place. And the idea I can have this reference book right on the device that I'm using it. Um, is is really a cool thing, and I think that'll work the same way for for your book as as well, Tom. I, I I agree with you guys that we're really on the verge of something. The more I use my iPad, um, as I have done in in the last week or so because of travel, um, I just really appreciate it, and I, I suspect that it'll be that speech recognition, voice control kind of thing as that gets built into that, and 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 really becomes a lot more viable. I think that will that will help us in a lot of ways. But but I also think some of some of David's ideas of of just being able to capture text where you're at to to write easily and freely those sorts of things will will kind of adapt to the app approach and I, I think all of that will make it more useful. So um, I really do think this tablet form is a great one uh, f- for lawyers. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, just the last few days I've been using this iPhone 4s and this Siri technology is really remarkable. I mean, I've been using speech recognition for a long time, but the ability to open an email and dictate two or three paragraphs out and have it reliably do so. I mean, just thinking about putting that on the iPad and it just gets gets me excited. I mean, I'm just thinking that solves a lot of problems that hold people back. Now, see, there you go and make me wish that my my discount deadline uh, was much sooner than it already is. I'm I'm waiting for December uh, to be able to take advantage of that technology. You're in for All a right, treat. Bef- 
Yep, yep. <laughs> Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from our sponsors, Breezy, Clio, Carbonite Business, and Firm Manager by LexisNexis. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to introduce us to the world of cloud computing and how it can be beneficial to lawyers and law firms. Jack, we're hearing great things about cloud computing and its utility for law firms. Can you tell me why so many lawyers are excited about cloud computing? I think the most important thing about cloud computing from a lawyer's perspective is that it gives them the power and breadth of features that traditional desktop and server-based software uh, gives them without all of the IT overhead and inconvenience. So there's uh, all the benefits and none of the downsides of traditional desktop-based software, and they're able to focus on practicing law with a really solid cloud computing platform behind them. So I think that's where you're seeing a lot of the the excitement is they're now able to realize the the potential of IT without all of the headaches. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. If you like listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, you might also like the podcast, Law Technology Now on LegalTalkNetwork.com. Backing up your business files can be a hassle, and it's hard to know if you're doing it right. That's why more law offices are using Carbonite Business Online Backup. With Carbonite Business, your files are backed up automatically and continually. They're stored safely off-site, and each employee can access their backed-up files privately on any computer or on their smartphone or iPad. Try it free at Carbonite.com and get two free months with offer code REPORT. That's Carbonite.com. Offer code REPORT. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution LexisNexis Firm Manager is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS 70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge, or to learn more, visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Ever wondered why you can't print from your BlackBerry, iPhone, or iPad now, with Breezy, you can. Download Breezy from the App Store or visit breezy.com slash legal talk to learn more. Breezy lets you print or fax anything from any device to any printer or fax machine. Backed by ironclad security, Breezy saves you and your staff significant time. Available on BlackBerry iPhone and iPad and coming to Android in November. Secure mobile printing. It's easy with Breezy. Go to Breezy.com. That's B-R-E-E-Z-Y dot com slash Legal Talk now. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm David Sparks. <laughs> and I'm Dennis Kennedy. In this segment, we want to talk about iPad apps. Since David and Tom probably know as much about apps as anyone on the planet, I must admit I've focused mainly on free apps to experiment with to see how they they fit into my workflows. David, I know that you often recommend paid apps. Uh, so perhaps we might start with just the simple question of when when should somebody consider free apps and, and when should you go to the paid apps? You know, it's funny. I I remember how much it used to cost to buy apps. Like on my Trio, there was an app that would fix my address book because it would routinely just duplicate everything. And I remember paying $40 for that app and being happy that it at least worked. And now it just blows my mind that people get upset about spending 5 bucks on an app that that really transforms the device. So I, I generally am in, well in favor of paying for apps. I know a lot of these app developers... I know it's hard work, and I think they should get paid for something. And I don't like the idea of advertising in my apps. I, I frankly it just, it, I find it, I want all that screen space for my work, not for, you know, the latest ad for Kmart. And uh, so I'm generally in favor of buying apps. Um, how's that sound? I- yeah, my my thought on that is is that you 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 buy an app when it makes sense to buy the app, um, and when the free app works and it's a good app, then you use that. And I agree with David. I don't like the advertising, and if I can get away from using the advertising, I will do it. But I've got a lot of free apps that I like that uh, that don't have advertising, and they just. They, they just rock. They're really good, well-put-together apps. And now, I find that the free apps that work the best tend to be those that uh, are free only because you're paying somewhere else, because you have a subscription service and, and you get the app for free uh, to access that service. Now, uh, there are some good free apps that I've been using, but I, I, I agree. I think that the price of apps is so low that uh, it really makes sense to, to, to go for that quality and get away from the advertising. Now, I don't know about apps that are 30 to $80 because there are a lot of apps that are out there that way. And I tend to stay away from apps that are that, that expensive. The most expensive I think I usually go for most apps is, is 10, is the $9.99, $10 apps. Uh, but, uh, I, I think that, that there are places for both of them. But, uh, but I, I agree that the, the paid apps tend to be the better quality and, and have more thought and, and, and features built into them. Yeah, I mean, my sense for the paid apps is especially where you're, uh, you know, there's sort of the the iPad analog to programs you're using, you know, on your computer anyway. That 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 makes good sense, and where there's a sort of a key, you know, there's a clear winner in a category. Um, we another place where you have something that's, you know, by almost by acclamation, really well reviewed. Like I, so many people love this Good Reader app that. It, I, and which I think is five bucks. It's really hard to to begrudge the five bucks on something that's so universally praised. But I think the free apps is uh, is sort of a great way to just experience a, a category. You know, so if you're uh, you know thinking about mind mapping or something like that, just grabbing a free one, uh, you know, just getting an idea of what you might do will give you a sense of of you know how that category works and you know, whether it makes sense for you and and whether to consider you know its limitations versus. Uh, something else. Uh, so, for, for David, what what are for you? I mean, I mentioned Goodreader, which by acclamation seems to be a must-have app. But what what do you think are the must-have apps for lawyers these days? Well, you know, it really depends on the type of practice you have. But one that I really like and just got an update, and it's only a dollar right now. I think it's usually three dollars. Is um, Notability, 
And um, it's, it's a fascinating app. So what it does is it's a notepad for meetings, but it also will record the meeting. And there's several apps out there that will do that. But what this does is it indexes the recording to the notes you take. So after you finish the meeting, like during a meeting, you can write agenda, and then you can write down a few lines. You can write budget, and then you can write a few lines down personnel, and then a few lines down you can write next meeting. Well, afterwards, you go back and you tap the word budget, and it starts the recording of what you were talking about when you wrote that. So very quickly, you can um, go and basically have an index of the recording. And I use this with clients all the time, especially like preparing discovery responses or an extended meeting. And, of course, you get their permission first. But then you can go back and say, well, what did he say about that one issue? And you just go tap it, and you can hear the whole thing again. And it helps you uh, pay more attention to the person rather than scribbling notes or tapping away on your computer. And it's a great app. I think it's a dollar right now. I mean, how could you go wrong? No, I think I, you know, that reminds me a lot of the LiveScribe pen exactly. that does the same thing in the analog world and is and is a fantastic tool. Mm-hmm. And 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 if I if I wasn't you know so chained to my iPad or my my laptop, I might do the LiveScribe. But I do I do think that Notability is a great app. I don't need to record meetings that often, but I I use and, and if we're talking productivity, I think that Dennis to answer your question. Um, what I think are must-have apps for lawyers, I agree with David, depends a lot on what type you do. But I think that the the general basic apps to have sort of include the ability to be productive. And that means being able to create and edit documents. And that's where uh, an app like Docs2Go or QuickOffice or Office Squared HD come in. Those are three apps that are, allow you to both create and edit documents. You want some kind of document that helps you with PDF files. And that could be one of a bunch of them. Goodreader is, does a good job on PDF files. But the, the apps I mentioned before, which are PDF Expert or uh, Readle, I don't know how to pronounce it. Readle Docs is good for PDF files, as is iAnnotate. And we'll make sure that all of these go in the show notes. So don't be writing down furiously as we're talking here. Um, but then the, the, the last thing that I think you need is to have a, a good note-taking app. And there are just dozens of them. And I know David likes Notability. And I've mentioned before on, on a previous podcast that I really like NoteShelf because I can keep notebooks from each one. I can save them as PDFs to either my Evernote account or to my Dropbox account. Uh, and it, uh, it just is probably the most friendly note-taking app that I've used in a long time because uh, I, I, I think we, I've discussed before have a lot of trouble writing uh, on my iPad, but I found the right stylus and I found the right app. And now that's really all I do now to, to take written notes. So those are my sort of must have apps that I think lawyers need to have just at a minimum. You know, I'd add to that a few additional categories is, um, is, is I would call like a planning, not just taking notes, but planning. And I use, um, Omni outliner and I use a, um, uh, iThoughts HD, which is a mind mapping app, which is very good. And and I use that for any big project. I, I actually start there and outline it on my iPad, which is very convenient. Um, if you're going to do any presentation work, Apple's Keynote is actually a very good presentation app. And I use it that way. And I also use Apple's Numbers, and I kind of have a unique use for that. I've, I've developed for settlement conferences these series of kind of complex spreadsheets which show the value of the client's time, the attorney fees incurred between uh, the settlement conference and trial, and all these variables. 
and we plug in the cost of a jury, et cetera. And I, I, I built this spreadsheet, and I hand it off to the client and let them literally hold the iPad and let them manipulate the numbers, and it gives them a real sense that they're in control and they understand what, what their decisions today mean for tomorrow. Yeah, those are great. And I, I love the idea of the outliner category on, on, for, on an iPad for lawyers. I, I think that's something that would be att- attractive to lawyers. I also noticed that Acrobat Reader is now available as an iPad app, which may be another alternative in the, in the PDF category. David, you mentioned on Notability, it used to be $3 now available for $1. And that's kind of one of the cool things out there is, is that occasionally the paid apps are offered free for a short period of time to attract interest or the prices will drop and and you can uh, pay attention to that. I, I use this website or, I mean, I use RSS feed, so I don't know whether it's a blog or a website, but uh, called App Advice, which is really good on, on covering uh, the, the different apps out there. And, and I know when I go on, on the iTunes, uh, on iTunes into the store, it's really difficult to kind of sort through all the options on apps. So, um, you know, David, your book is great at covering apps, but how how do you go about, uh, you know, identifying good apps and figuring out what to try and what's new and, and what's good? For this book, I, I, you know, the ones that made the cut are in the book. There's a lot of them that didn't. And uh, frankly, I bought a lot of them and went through and, and, you know, worked. I figured I'm writing a book about this. I need to be authoritative. So, you know, I, I did look at, you know, the reviews and the online references and, Macworld Magazine does a good job sometimes of calling attention to some of the better ones. Uh, so there's there's several sources out there. There really isn't one authoritative source, though. Yeah, I think I think that's right. The, I agree with you, Dennis. The the site that I like the most is App Advice, and the reason why I like App Advice is that they've put together their guides to different categories, and they say here are the best PDF readers, and here are the best uh, apps to watch TV on your iPad, and they and they review them and say here are the best ones, and here are the ones you might be able to try. And I really like that they've kind of gone into a little bit of detail and reviewed them. And I have to say that they have a companion app on the iPhone that is just fantastic. It's called App Shopper. And with App Shopper, you can add things to your wish list when you find an app that you like, but you think, well, maybe that's a little expensive or I'm not going to buy it yet. And it will actually notify you when there's been a price drop. It'll push you a little notification on your iPad and tell you that there's been either a price drop or a price increase um, so that you can keep up with uh, with which apps are, are available at what time. Now it's time for our parting shots, and, and we do want to thank David for for uh, joining us, and, and we'll ask him to s- stick around and give us some recommendations in our, as part of the parting shots segment. But parting shots is when we share that one tip, website, or observation you can use the second the podcast ends. Tom, what do you have? Well, in, in keeping in the spirit of the episode, my parting shop will be an app. And it's a new app that I recently found. I wish that there were more iPad users in my meetings to use this app, but it looks really cool. It's called Agendas. It is a $9.99 app. But what it allows you to do is it allows you to create an agenda that everybody with an iPad can then access for your meeting. So you can add text, you can add photos, you can add real-time polls and surveys that everybody who's in the meeting with an iPad can and access those and follow along in the agenda. It also allows you to uh, to publish the agenda and print it for the people who don't have iPads. Um, I guess the downside is everybody's got to have that $9.99 app. There are a couple of other meeting apps that are pretty cool, but this one looks really interesting, and I've, I've been looking for a way to do meeting agendas, and, and this may be one way to do it. Tom, did you find that in my book? Because I covered that one. 
you know, I remember reading it in the book and I just read about it. Another review this past week. Cool. I've got one. I, I mentioned it earlier is I thoughts HD. Um, I know as lawyers, a lot of us feel like, uh, the idea of mind maps is a bunch of hippie nonsense, right? Um, but when you try it on the iPad, it really works. And, uh, this I thoughts HD, it's 10 bucks. It's an app for the iPad. And, whether I'm writing an extended letter, a brief, or anything that requires me to make a plan, uh, starting there really works, and it exports to OPML and text, so it's really easy to get this stuff to whatever platform you're working on ultimately. But if you want a good way to start planning before you start writing, uh, this is a real good start. And I just want to recommend both your books. So Tom's book, iPad and One Hour for Lawyers, and David's new iPad at work. They're both terrific. I, I think the the iPad, or I guess they call it iBook versions, uh, really make it an interesting way to read and will give you a flavor of or a taste of what the future of reading might be like in the electronic world. I also want to mention the uh, for for lawyers who use Macs, the, the Mac Power Users podcast uh, that David does with Katie Floyd is is excellent. They really go into depth in a, a lot of specific issues. And if you're a Mac user, it's a, it's a must. And, and David writes a, a great blog and has a website at uh, MacSparky.com that's, uh, again, another source of great content. And, and we're grateful that uh, David was able to, to join us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. I love talking to lawyers about this stuff. So, um, And you guys are the guys. Well, thanks, Dave, for being with us. That wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to all the topics and apps that we discussed today, is available on our newly renovated show notes blog, still under construction, at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episode topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet at TKM Report. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. Get this podcast into your iPad workflow by subscribing today. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.